Yo, what's up, guys? We are the White Potatoes. Sing once again for me our sweet duet. I don't know the rest. Our power over you grows stronger yet. And though you turn <laughs> from me to glance behind the <laughs> Ripe Potatoes podcast is right here <laughs> inside your mind. That's it. That's what I got. Hey, that was fucking great, dude. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was really nervous to sing that. Uh, that is beef. Catch him on fucking Broadway Yo, for welcome. this play, which is going away. But luckily, you have a pretty uh, okay movie, or is it okay? The Phantom of the Opera is what we're doing. You'll find out. <laughs> I'm Stephen. I'm James, and we are obviously the, the right potatoes. potatoes. Welcome back. Yeah, another week, another movie. Um, and we're getting, <laughs> we're just getting into it. Um, shouts out B for our beautiful intro. Of yes. course, uh, make sure you comment on his voice. And ladies, yes, he is single. Yeah, let me let know, him please. sing into your coochie. All right. Here is the info for the movie. The Phantom of the Opera was released on January 21st, 2005 and was directed by Joel Schumacher. The film had a budget of 70 million USD and went on to make 154.6 million in the box office. Nice. The film stars Gerard Butler, Emmy Rossum, Patrick Wilson, and Minnie Driver. Hmm. 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 That's a stacked cast, though. It is. If I do say so myself. Yeah. Which I honestly didn't know. <laughs> All right, here's a synopsis of the film. From his hideout beneath a 19th century Paris opera house, the brooding phantom Gerard Butler schemes to get closer to vocalist Christine Day. Was it Dane? It was like Dae. Dae. I'm sorry for fucking this up. <laughs> Anyways, Emmy Russell, the phantom wearing a mask to hide a congenital disfigurement, strong arms management into giving the budding starlet key roles. But Christine, it's Dae. That's what it is. Yeah, Dae. Christine Dae. There you go. Got it right. All right, but Christine instead falls for Art's benefactor, Raoul. Patrick Wilson, terrified at the notion of her absence, the Phantom enacts a plan to keep Christine by his side while Raoul tries to foul the, foil the scheme. Whoa. Whoa. Sounds spooky, huh? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of that's what it is. You know what else it is? It's fucking kind of weird. In a way. Yeah. But it's okay. It's really fun. It's really weird once you get once I get into the facts. Yeah. Well, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, at least it was a congenital disfigurement, not a genital disfigurement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, does uh does this look uh like a growth to you? <laughs> that's the musical. I've got a growth, you see. <laughs> On top of my weenie. <laughs> Just, oh, fuck. I think we got something. I think we got something good. <laughs> All right, guys. Anyway, here are the statistics for the film so you know why we're doing it. The tomato meter gave it a 33%. This is an average rating of 5 out of 10. Total ratings 170, 56 being fresh, 114 being rotten. Oh, the audience gave it an 84%. This is an average rating of 4.2 out of 5. Total ratings more than 250,000. That is a 51% difference. Oh, damn. That's huge. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, IMDb gave it a 7.2 out of 10, and 87% of Google users liked this movie. That's fucking good. That's it's, good. it's really weird to me that there's such a gap, though. And in, in my opinion, I would think that the critics would be the ones who would be yeah. more into this, I guess. Um, wouldn't be as hard on it, but... Yeah, we'll see we why they, I guess, didn't like it, but it's still... That's a fucking huge, yeah. Huge. Like, Taylor, shout out Taylor for uh, suggesting this movie. Yeah, shout out. Because we didn't have any ideas left anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we got all the ideas, we mean. <laughs> yeah, we have plenty of them, but uh, sometimes it helps that someone else suggests things. Absolutely, especially like this one. This was just one that I had never seen, so she was like, yo, watch this movie, because she is... She's been listening to the freaking soundtrack like uh-huh. over and over. Um, and I was like, oh, I've never seen it. But I think I have seen parts of it because I had to read the book for uh, high school. Yeah. And so they played the movie after, but I, I wasn't paying attention for sure. So anyway, shouts out. Hell yeah. Taylor. Babe. But yeah, I remember <laughs> in our group chat, she sent us like, you guys got to do the fan of the opera. And then I was like, I only seen the 33%. And I was like, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, "Yeah, let's fucking do it." I've, I've I've never seen this movie. Oh, you've never seen it? No. Oh shit! I've seen it. I've seen parts of it. Okay, but I've never seen the whole thing. Oh shit! I've seen the ending. So how would you know the song so well? I did you just listen to it? I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I listened to the song and uh, shouts out fucking uh, my white privilege and my money that I hell <laughs> I have. I seen it on Broadway. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you fucking real bougie. You, yeah, you bougie I'm... Broadway boy. Ooh, yeah. the triple Bs, baby. Dang, the alliteration got me. <laughs> but um, yeah, when we were going to New York, like, you got to see a Broadway play, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then I was talking to my friend Logan, and he's just like, he's kind of a musical guy, too. And I was like, I don't know, what should, we, what should we go see? And then he threw up, like, threw out Fountain of the Opera, and I was like, I didn't fucking think of that. And it's a classic. Yeah. And then I picked it because of my shout-out buddy, shout-out Sky. He was always watching this movie. Really? Yeah. Like I wouldn't see Sky as that guy. I know, but I'm he was saying. like, I, I told him that. And I was like, I picked it because I remember you watching this movie a lot. He's like, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, he so was he, about it. So was he there too? Yeah, he was there. And okay. he was like hella jazzed for it. Ooh, and we both that good, huh? And then we were talking about it afterwards. I was like, dog, I got chills when he was singing the Phantom of the Opera theme. And oh. he's just like, I got chills when we we're just telling you our chills moments. Yeah. That was fucking tight. Which I think, for me, I'm more of a person, like, if I'm going to see a musical or something like that, I would yeah. want to be there in person. So that's where the whole Broadway thing would come in. Yeah. Except, like, I guess technically, my favorite movie is technically a musical to some people. Mm-hmm. Again, to me, it's not. It's a music with music in it. It's a movie <laughs> with music in it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude, that's that's pretty cool. Just like, how much is it to go to Broadway? It's relatively cheap, because... Um... I'd say on the high end, it's like a hundred and some odd dollars oh, for like okay. better seats. Okay. But it could range from like a hundred to $25. Oh, okay. Shit. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, one it, of the companies I worked for, we built a, it was like an opera house kind of uh-huh. thing in Vegas. Yeah. I've never been there, but like there was some cool shit. They had a booth and I always wanted to go and I didn't. So yeah, it's like. Again, it all just depends on your seats and the tickets. And I guess the show. Okay. Because I guess like like shit like Hamilton, mm-hmm. those tickets would be fucking way like pricier. Well, see, and I, I'd want to see, obviously, Wicked, right? Yeah. Um, and they have The Cursed Child, you said, right? Yeah, I went, I seen that too. You, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, I'm an idiot. 
Um, so I'd want to see, I would see, I'd even see Phantom of the Opera, but my tops would be obviously uh, Wicked and um, Cursed Child. Yeah, I don't even, I'd, I guess Phantom would be in my top because I was, again, it's a classic, Les Miserables, of course, because I like Les Ooh, Mis. that would be cool. Yeah. Would you, Beef showed me that, if you guys didn't know, and we reviewed it, so go check that out. Did we? Yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. Didn't we? I thought we just talked about it. No. We did, we did, huh? We did The Greatest Showman. Oh, okay. Well, I but made you watch it. You Les made Mis. me watch it. Okay. Maybe to we should you. do Les Mis. I'd, I'd be down as well. <laughs> I'd have to watch it again. <laughs> I'm, all, all 15 hours of it. It's pretty long, but I love every <laughs> second of it. Yeah, no, no, no. I guess I'll throw Wicked in there because it's got some good shit. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Hamilton. Me neither. Like I never have been. I, I I listen to some of their like raps quotes, and I'm like, this this stuff is fucking terrible. Well, I mean, yes, yeah. I tried watching the new one that was like on Disney Plus or whatever. Uh-huh. I think it was Hamilton, right? Yeah, they did Hamilton. Okay, so I tried watching that, and I was just like, this is fucking garbage. Yeah, like I don't, I can't do it, dude. Kudos to you if you like it, but for me, I'm just like these songs, they ain't hitting. Yeah, you like what you like, and we only like good shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you like Hamilton, you obviously have poor taste. Right? <laughs> Just kidding. You guys like what you like. Fuck yeah! And I don't have to like you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into these critics' positive reviews. Critics' positive reviews. At number one, visually impressive at times to the point of mesmerizing and emotionally stimulating. The film touches the heart and soul. And once again, reaffirms Hollywood's and the public's love for the movie musical. Mm. Or love of the music, movie musical. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Mm. Uh, number two, a solid retelling of the musical, giving Weber's musical music, wonderful music, a chance to shine for a wider audience than they ever have before. Mm. Okay. I feel that, yeah, because it's, again, there's some people that can't go... To Broadway. Yeah. Me. And so I was like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> I can't that, even go to New York. <laughs> that and the, like, the seats are yeah, pretty slim. Oof. Yeah. Like, I could fit into them, but I'm too wide. Like, my shoulders are too broad. Yeah. And so I was just like, it sucks being the bigger dude because you're always trying to make yourself smaller than you are. You think they'd have wider seats for it being called Broadway. <laughs> <I wish>. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking got him, dude. Yeah, but I was just like... Trying to like keep my shoulders from touching, touching the other the guy. Next to you, but then yeah. I'm like, man, fuck it, and I just had my arm around Sky the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> just like because we were both just sitting there like trying not to like. You guys are just that hot gay couple yeah, at Broadway. Just, like, well, my arms were literally <laughs> like holding his shoulder. And then I'm like, wait, why am I doing this? <laughs> and I just rested on like the back of his seat. Oh shit, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, number three, fantastic sets, costumes, great art direction, and imagine magic and imaginative camera work make. This a visually stunning film, but musical score, not so much. Oof. And for me, that would be like the one thing I really liked. Yeah, was the music. I for the movie itself, I like I like some musicals, but like even this one, it was a little rough because like the mouths don't really line up with opera, so it looks kind of funny when they're singing. Yeah, and so that's where I was like, me, I'm not. That's why I'm more of a I'm fan of like fan. live singing. Yeah, on like movies and stuff because it just. It looks it better looks on better. camera. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, number four, if you can get, if you can get on its dank and heavy wavelength, the whole project is so aesthetically rich that it manages to transcend 
that it's at heart a lot of dressed up goofiness. Okay. Whatever. Okay. I guess that's positive. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Uh... Number five. This is a lavish production, best enjoyed at your favorite theater, where the full effect of the music and ambiance can be enjoyed. Uh, it is also one to be enjoyed more than once. Ooh. Which, again, this is my first official time seeing it. Same. So I can't really... Uh... I can't bash it though. It wasn't like too bad. Yeah. I definitely I'm I like the book a little bit more. Yeah. Personally, but whatever. To each their own. I feel it. Fuck them. You know who <laughs> else? Fuck them. Critics negative reviews. Critics negative reviews. Number one. Even the most diehard phantom aficionados might be struck dumb by the sheer level of the crescendo and camp Schumacher achieves here. Mm. Okay. Diehard Phantom Aficionados. I like that. <laughs> I uh, what could I, number two, what could have been a campy calamity bo- boasts some surprising elegance, but there is zero romantic heat and a vocally and emotionally flat performance from Gerard Butler. Which actually, so Taylor obviously was talking about this, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know if this is in your fun facts or not, but she told me like Gerard Butler only had two singing lessons before going into this. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, yo, honestly, his voice isn't bad at yeah. all. Like, would I have picked him for the main? Yeah, probably. Because his, it, his like, voice is great. I just look, I was, when I was looking at him, I was like, damn, he's a really good looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we just see, like we were talking about, I was like, I didn't even, I was, I had to try to see Gerard Butler in that. Oh, yeah. Like, I could not, dude. And then the only one for me that just didn't hit quite right was Patrick Wilson. Uh-huh. Because I just think of him as like either, um, what's it called? The movie, the horror movie. Conjuring. Conjuring, thank fuck. And then like comedies is what I think of like him as. I don't know why. Yeah. But like I, I see him as like a funny dude. So like when I see him with the fucking Fabio hair, I'm like, what is going on? Dude? <laughs> if I ever meet him in person, I want to ask him like, hey, would you rather wear your wig from Phantom of the Opera or your wig from um, Aquaman? oh fuck that's funny hey we might have a chance because we got tickets to that San Diego Comic Con baby fucking A yeah Beef uh, hooked myself up and the homie Justin and then as he got to check out turns out he wasn't able to buy tickets for himself so I was heartbroken (laughs) pissed like I I was so mad I could like barely talk and I was just like this is fucking horse shit why did it let me all the way to the finish line only for them to be like, nope, you didn't win. That's a, Well, and that's what I was confused too because uh, I was thinking about that because obviously our buddy uh, Macnez, shouts out Macnez, go check him out. Um, he couldn't get his tickets either. Yeah. And usually when you're like a returning guest, you're supposed to be able to have a higher chance. But Beef, not having gone, was able to get in the queue before myself and Justin yeah. and Macnez. I literally just like... I just jumped on the website and then it just said it had the time like your your next your whenever you're whenever you're up you have more than this time. So I called Steven and I was like, Hey man, what's your thing say? And he's like, More than an hour? And I was like, Oh, mine says thirteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude. What it, a stressful time. It, I was like I was sweating. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, Hold on, you're next and I was we he were on the phone with each other the whole time while I'm just watching the minutes go down and then I'm just like, what's your friend's stuff? Added it all in, and then it wouldn't let me buy mine. And that's when I was just like, this fucking bullshit. Fuck. And then even this last time, too. You guys are getting the full spiel. Sorry. Um, but even this last time, too, when we all logged in, myself, you, and Justin all yeah. got, oh, your wait time is more than an hour. 
And so we were all like, what the fuck, dude? And that's the worst because you're just watching. You're just reading the thing they're saying. This sold out. Yeah. This sold out. Wednesday tickets are running low. Wednesday sold out. Thursday tickets are running low. Thursday sold out. And you're just like, fuck. Maybe Which, I can get Saturday. Maybe yeah, I can get no. Luckily, uh, Justin, shouts out Justin, the shouts homie, out for real. was able to move some strings. He's He's got a bunch of homies out there, though. Like mm-hmm. He helps out with some of the booths and shit, so. He's got he's got some plugs. Let's just say that. But uh, yeah, shouts out Justin. He was able to get one of the homies to get uh, beef in. So the Tater Boys will be taking the ripe potatoes to Comic Con. Taking this on the road. Taking it on the road. We'll see what people like or and on the chin. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! All right, going back in number three. No amount of stylistic playfulness could stop the film from bogging down into tedium. By the last reel, as the romantic pathos pathos begins to wear thin. Number four, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Joel Schumacher turn out to be a perfect match. Two other people couldn't pull off spectacle this bad. Oh. That's pretty funny. Uh, number five, what? Pa- me at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number five, what passion and excitement there is in the work has been sucked out. It has become boring. It is shallow, yes, but even shallow works need competent directors. Mm. They don't like Schumacher, apparently. I guess not. Fuck. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. Those are the critics. Damn. <laughs> Those were pretty rough. They were. They were uh, and it was actually harder to find, obviously, positive reviews than negative in this one. So. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Maybe because it is like a movie from 2004, but still like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. All right. But. Never mind. Segway. Audience positive reviews. Audience positive reviews. Uh, these cr- these critics, in quotations, should find a new line of work. This movie is, is at least a solid four out of five. Sure, there could have been a few improvements, but overall, it was done well and deserves a watch. And better ratings. Amen. For real. <laughs> Number two. Absolutely loved this when it, first, when it was first released and rewatched it recently. To confirm, I still love it the same amount. Don't listen to the critics. Dramatic, great music, and visually impressive. Mm. Yes. Into it. Number three, don't trust the critics on this. This is an amazing feature and far superior to the stage. Um, Ooh. Ooh. That's tough. Ooh. No. I want to agree with you on that one in several instances, especially in the point of no return scene. Oof. Uh, so, yeah, it says it's superior to the stage version. In several, in several, in, no. Because these people, their fucking job is to sing. Yeah. And for Broadway. And so I wouldn't... I'm sure that's not easy. No. I actually have a friend who danced in Broadway. And she was and like, they're doing that shit fucking tier. Fucking three times a day, seven days a week. Fucking 365 You think they pretty make much. pretty good money? I would say so. I want to find out. I'm going to ask. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put it past the stage. It's very good. I would say they're limited by the parameters of the stage because this movie could do whatever. They could change locations, do everything, build better sets, but still. That's always one of my favorite things, though, too, is like the backdrops. It's cool. It's so like, fun. I'll give you like a. I'll, it's kind of like the movie where they have like the chandelier mm-hmm. and everything, but then like when they. They plug it in and then bah, 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 bah. the chandelier is being lifted from the stage above the audience. And no. Then, yeah. Oh, and then it's so above sick. the audience the whole time. And then at one point it comes fucking crashing down 
not like crazy, but it's just like it swings slowly and like in onto the stage Ooh. and crashes. It's fucking cool. That's really cool. Yeah, but I don't know number three. <laughs> go go see the Sage one once again because it's it's fucking it's good it's fun to be there. I mean, where did you see it though? They probably didn't see it on Broadway. With off Broadway, yeah, at, in fucking like Michigan. I mean, I saw like, a couple of weird shits down in Carson City, bro. So <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this motherfucker's probably like in a hole in the wall, fucking <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> some back alley in fucking Nebraska. Yeah, they probably have uh, Jonah Hill playing fucking <laughs> the Phantom. <laughs> I would watch the fuck. I would still watch that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number four. Although more romantic and emotional. And emotional depth could have been portrayed throughout the film. This film adaptation of Andrew Lloyd Webber's classic musical will be remembered for its beautiful soundtrack and sheer spectacle. Mm, I like I, that. I do I like that. Number five, last one. The collective scene was annoying, but the lead characters provided nice acting. The music is fine. The movie did feel a bit long. For me, yeah, I was just like, mm. oh, how long the movie was? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The movie was fucking yucky dude <laughs> I, it was for me it was really long i'm not i'm not a big fan of movies that are like oh, two and a half hours is like pushing it for me except for like obviously lord of the rings extended right mm. but other than that it's hard for me to sit down there's some i'm just like oh oh my god mm-hmm. and then you're just like for this one i was like watching i was watching it last night and then it's like dang it's getting pretty late and then I kept watching it and then I paused it and I was like, I got a fucking hour left. <laughs> and it was like 10.30 going on 11 and I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to put a uh, pin in this one for a little bit. That was uh, the same thing with Taylor. We started watching it one night and then we had we ended up stopping at about an hour. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck, we st- we're not even halfway through or whatever. You yeah, know? So and I was like, like nope, damn. we're done. I got to go to bed. Yeah, that's how it was. I was like, I'm fucking tired. Papa, grandpa's, uh, grandpa's sleepy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know who else is sleepy? (laughs) Audience negative reviews. Audience negative reviews. Number one, it's been done and overdone and redone too many times. At the very least, a director has to make a classic like this better than the last one. Number two, I saw this on the big screen in 2005. I endured it thinking my wife was enjoying it. Alas, I didn't, I, I needn't have endured such tosh. As I found out upon exiting the theater that my wife hated it too. I found it boring and tedious, whereas the stage adaptation was amazing. So there you go. You got the exact opposite right there. Number three, they never stop singing with no narrative or story purpose. Also, scenes drag on for way longer than necessary and characters jump between locations with no rhyme or reason. It's a shit show. Nice. Number four, in my... In my as-yet-brief lifetime, perhaps the worst bastardization of a hit Broadway show by its creator. Uh, have you seen Cats? Oh, we, <laughs> we could talk about Cats. I've never even seen the movie, but seen I saw it, the but reviews. It looks like a fucking dumpster fire the whole time. <laughs> I kind of want to see it just to see how bad it is. I, I've, I've seen some stinkers, and I've wasted my time a lot, but this is one I'm like, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't want to watch it. Maybe Amberlynn would like it and like force me to watch it, but uh, she probably won't even like it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Perhaps the worst bastardization of a hit Broadway show by its creator, who somehow felt the need to finance it all and take away all that made it great. You know, that's funny that you say that because 70 mil turned into 150 mil. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, 
I'm decent at math, and that's pretty uh, good. <laughs> Especially if he's just like, I'll finance this, but I'll get I'll get the take on the box office receipts. Yeah, and you make hella money doing that. I want to be an actor, dude. I can pretend. It'd be fun. <laughs> I almost said something really mean, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Or are you going to uh, say, I pretend to like my family? Uh, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I pretend to love my wife all the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love my wife. Love you, babe. You're not listening to this because you hate me anyway. Number five. I like Gerard Butler as an actor, but his singing is grating to listen to. And that's honestly an understatement. It was good. I honestly didn't hate it. It's surprising that, well, like like I was saying, you think of Gerard Butler as like the grizzled Gerard Butler type. Yeah. But then you're like, holy fuck, this, this guy got some pipes. Which he actually did. He sang really well, Dan. Yeah. And I actually like his voice personally. Especially in that song that... The fucking... The Phantom of the Opera song. Yeah. Dude. Like, it's fucking solid. It's good, and it's just... I liked at the end when it's... He's revealed as a phantom, and you see his grotesque face. Mm -hmm. And then he starts sounding more like Gerard Butler. Yeah. Like, his singing isn't as elegant as it was in the beginning, and now it's just like Gerard... Like, him... The real the the real person coming out, which is what I like that though. I yeah. like that transition, which actually Emmy Rossum was fucking phenomenal, and I think her backing it up was just that much better. Yeah, because their voices are so different too. And so anyway, I just thought I thought it was pretty good. Um, so we had a thirty three percent from the critics and an eighty four percent from the audience. Uh, what would you have scored this beef? I'd give it a. A B, okay. Yeah, I'll st- I'll stick with eighty. Okay, I'm gonna go with a seventy-eight. It wasn't definitely wasn't my favorite musical so far, um, but I didn't like hate it. Hate it. I would yeah. watch it again, and that's all I got. Yeah, same. I was just like, uh, for me, I just kept kept comparing it to the state show, and I'm just like, fuck, that was so good. Like, <laughs> uh, I hate it. It's like you had to be there, and it's just like you kind of really had to be did. there. Yeah. It's, I love the sets. The sets are really good. All the set pieces, everything was top notch, but still I'm just like, fuck, paying that money was just worth it. Yeah, which I, I would be down. If I ever go to New York, guys, I'm going to go see Wicked. It's done. Do it. Done. You're done, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go ahead and jump into these fun facts with James, baby. <laughs> And now, fun facts with James. Oh, oh God, I'm shitting the bed. Here we go. Hold on, hold on. Hold, all right. The doll in the Phantom's Lair is supposed to re- uh, that was supposed to resemble Emmy Russum. It's not actually a wax mold. It is Emmy Russum. Oh, what the fuck? The, produc- uh, the production produced a mask of her face that, that was used on a mannequin that they put fake eyes. Uh, but when they put the fake eyes in, it didn't look like her. Uh, she suggested to stand in as the mannequin instead. This was done by making by having her being made up like like a doll with with waxy makeup on, and her standing very very still. Oh fuck! Wait. Okay. Okay. The life size doll he had in his lair. Yeah. Oh shit! That was actually her. Okay. Yeah. That's. I thought it was a fucking just mannequin. Me as well. too. <laughs> At the end of the masquerade scene, Raoul uh, briefly enters a circular chamber full of mirrors. This is a reference to the original Phantom of the Opera novel, in which the Phantom uses a mirrored chamber to, as a torture chamber to drive his victims insane. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. 
the theater fire the theater fire was an actual fire. Joel Schumacher wanted realism, so they destroyed the theater for the scene. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, that's tight. Yeah, good job. Uh, in playing in playing Christine's father in the movie, Ramin Caramelu uh, becomes the only actor to have played all three of Christine's loves: her father in the movie version, and both Raoul and the Phantom on the stage. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, that's kind of tight. Even though he never like, it's like a picture of him. That's really cool. Yeah. The Phantom speaks only 14 of his lines and sings the rest. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the chandelier weighed 2.2 tons and, co- and cost $1.3 And it was provided by Swarovski. Uh, it had a stunt double for riskier scenes. And there was also a third chandelier made that was equipped with, that was equipped with electricity and lighting for the opening scene. Fuck. Um, the chandelier, the chandelier, the chandelier used was 17 feet high and 13.2 feet wide, and it was hung with more than 20,000 full-cut Swarovski crystal pendants. It was produced by Tresserant in Paris, and it took four months to construct and five days to assemble at the studio. Holy shit! Yeah, can you I imagine? Where, I wonder where it's at now. I don't know. That's pretty. <laughs> that would be tight though. Like yeah. if they had it. Displayed somewhere. Like in, I don't know, is there like a fucking Broadway, like museum kind of thing? That'd be fun. I wouldn't doubt if there was. Sorry. In April 2004, an audience an audience of the stage version of the Phantom of the Opera in London was asked to stay behind at the end and record the sound effects for the chandelier crash in the movie. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I want to be part of that. All right. Uh, <laughs> in, a, in an interview, in an interview on The View, Mini Driver... Carolette says that to master her diva-like Italian accent, she channeled an old neighbor she had when she lived in Venice as a child. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> At the beginning of the movie, the cast is rehearsing an opera called Hannibal, and they are singing Hannibal Comes. This is not, uh, this is not an actual opera. Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, Webber wrote this for the beginning and wanted it to help the actors warm up to the part with a laugh. Hence the silly makeup in the costumes. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Wilson do- did his own stunts. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Calm down. <laughs> Fucking Jet Li. <laughs> All of the principal actors sang in the film except for Minnie Driver. Most of the actors have a background in musicals or opera. But Driver, a skilled singer, had no experience in opera and was dubbed by Margaret Priest, a singing teacher from Solihull, UK. However, Driver did contribute to the film's ending song, Learn to Be Lonely, written specific, specifically for the film by Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the part where Raoul nearly drowns is also a nod to the original novel, where Eric, the Phantom, uh, floods the torture chamber with water from the lake after Christine agrees to marry him. Ooh. Oh, yeah. The sweeping camera angles... Sorry. The sweeping camera angles during All I Ask of You made it necessary to shoot multiple takes of the kiss between Emmy Rossum and Patrick Wilson. Emmy Rossum had to ice her lips between takes to prevent them from swelling. <laughs> okay, chill, dude. Yeah. Why are you kissing so hard? Right. <laughs> Gerard Butler's first days of filming were five weeks into production, where he had where he and Emmy Rossum did pass the point of no return, which took three days to film. God dang. Right. Uh, the instruction. What's yeah. a full day like? I wonder. I don't know. Normally for filming, it's like 
14 hours. Yeah, it's like I was going to say, day. it's like a full, full day, right? But with the musical, it could be... T- well, they're not singing live, I think, right? Yeah, I don't I wouldn't think, think so. they're singing live, so it could be a shorter day. Yeah, they're probably playing the music and then they're like... Yeah, rrr, rrr. Rrr. So it could be that. So, yeah, still, it's a 14-hour day. Yeah. All right. Uh, the instruction to keep your... The instruction to keep your hand at the level of your eyes is, a, is another reference from the book in which the phantom is adept at disposing of his victims with the Punjab lasso. Keeping one's hand at the level of one's eyes keep, kept the Punjab lasso away from the victim's neck and was always and was the only defense. Oh, shit. Yeah, I never got that. I was watching the movie. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? I was the same way. Yeah. So that's fine. Prior to, prior to the making of the film, Gerard Butler never had a proper singing lesson. So when he was recording music of the night, he said it was quite difficult considering how long you have to hold the ending note. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which uh, that's that's like what Taylor was saying is yeah, she saw something where he only had like two singing lessons, but yeah. they weren't even like good singing <laughs> lessons. So fuck it, that's tight. He's like, I'm just gonna yellow it. You're right. It took four hours for Gerard Butler to be fitted with full makeup and prosthetics. Ooh, yeah, that's kind of cool. The music is played by a 105-piece London Symphony Orchestra. Ooh. I'd love to see something like that. All right, that'd be cool. I always wanted to see those ones where they play, like, the movie in the background. Yeah. And then it's just fucking... Fuck, that would be so sick. I want to do that. I'd be down. Maybe they'll have one in San Diego, dude. We'll go that'd find be one. fucking cool. Let's go. Neither Gerard Bartler nor Emmy Russell had seen the musical prior to uh, receiving their roles. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Charlotte Church and Kate Winslet were considered for the role of Christine. Was it Christine? I can't remember the last name I said. It was offered to Anne Hathaway, but she had to decline because the production schedule of the film that overlapped with The Princess Diaries 2. Ah, bummer for you. (laughs) At one point, Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway were considered for the roles of The Phantom and Christine, respectively. Due to prior commitments, neither could, could participate. The former being in Van Helsing and the latter being in Princess Diaries 2. However, they would both go on to be cast in lead roles in other musical adaptation. Les Miserables. Les Miserables, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Dude. Hell yeah. You just gotta wait. Isn't well, it Anne Hathaway bald in that one? She, yeah, they oh, had okay. to cut her hair. Oh. When the Phantom is taken, Christine to his lair, he places her on a black horse for a while. This is not part of the show. However, the, doc- the documentary, Phantom of the Opera, Behind the Mask, Reveals that it was planned to be in the show from the start before it being scrapped. This is also a nod to the original book, where the Phantom uses a horse named Caesar to transport Christine part of the way. Fucking Caesar, dude. <laughs> Caesar the horse. <laughs> uh, even though in the Sir Andrew Lord Webber version of, of the Phantom... Though, even though uh, in the... Let's fuck that one. Anyways, his <laughs> name is Eric. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> His name is fucking Eric. His name is Eric. The Phantom's name is Eric. There you go. Uh, to add to his deformity, Gerard Butler had a string tied just below his eye to cause it to appear more deformed when pulled down. The cast members would often tug at it as a joke between takes. That's fucking funny. <laughs> Gerard Butler was not the only actor to go through hours of prosthetics. It took... Uh, for the look of an older Raul, Patrick Wilson went through hours of makeup to look much older than he was for the scene when Raul as an old man. Ah, oh, yeah, I do remember that. I actually think I liked that. I like the ending. I did. I was. That's not in the Broadway show. Really? Because I was waiting for that. Because I remember watching it in the movie. Yeah. And then I was just like, "When's the grave going to show up?" And it never did. And I was like, "Oh, 
Huh. Okay. <laughs> I actually like that. I thought that ending was fucking cool. It was just that rose on the grave, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's still out there. Fuck, it's so good. Yeah. Emmy Rossum didn't uh, almost didn't get the part because her mother didn't want her to miss a family reunion. Luckily, director Joel Schumacher was able to convince her to leave early in order to sing for Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Shit. Right. Which, that's kind of crazy. Actually, uh, Taylor was doing some more research on it. Apparently, like, Rossum had been part of, like, Broadway. Uh-huh. Like, growing up or some shit. Like, she's been dancing and shit since she was seven. Yeah. Something crazy. Nice. I was like, that's fucking wild. <laughs> and then she's just out here and shameless. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's how I was like. This this and Shameless is the only things I've seen her in. Just don't watch Shameless first. <laughs> like, yeah. You get a whole different person. Oh yeah. Uh the Phantoms have a mask. The Phantoms white half mask prop at, that Gerard Gerard Butler wore for the film sold for six uh six thousand four hundred and fifty pounds on eBay. Oh shit. Yeah. Is that that's not that much. Right? Yeah. It's like one and a half times, so That'd be what nine thousand dollars. I guess it's quite a bit. That's decent for a small prop. Yeah. yeah. Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber composed fifteen minutes of new music for the film. Uh, some of it was reused for the stage sequel, Love Never Dies, in two thousand and ten. Oh shit! There's a sequel. I, I guess so. Wow. Fucking wow. <laughs> Both Gerard Butler and Patrick Wilson hated filming in the water scene. Oh, I'm sure. I, I always think about that, dude. I'm like, how uncomfortable does that have to be and, to be in wet fucking clothes? And how long are you there for? Yeah. You're just like, fuck that. Walking around all fucking raisiny. Mm-hmm. The only adaptation of the novel not to be a horror film that is primarily based on the on the musical. All the other adaptations, such as the 1925, 1943, 62, and 89 versions were horror films. Oh, okay. The screenplay was written in the south of France in 1989 by Joel Schumacher and Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, wow. Right, so it's been sitting in, the, sitting in the cabinet for a while. Fuck, dude. That's kind of tight, though. The movie went through 18 masks, mostly because the masks would get fingerprints on them. The worst. <laughs> uh, since the crew didn't want to have to actually build the opera house, the, ex- the exterior was actually a doll, a doll house type model that was filmed in a studio. In All I Ask of You reprise, when the Phantom is on the balcony, he's not actually there. He's just edited in. The footprints in the snow were made on the model where they filmed the camera zooming out and then put in the Phantom. Oh, shit. Okay. That's tight. I did notice it. I did notice, like, that scene was kind of... It looked a little different. A little off? Yeah. Yeah. While the others have been mentioned through the years, Joel Schumacher was Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, choice for the director... Since the movie project was conceived in the early 90s, he chose he chose Schumacher after being impressed by the use of music in The Lost Boys. Ooh, fuck yeah. <laughs> in the scene where Raul falls into the water and is nearly drowned, the footage is played on, on reverse to make it seem that Patrick is underwater longer than he really is. If you look at it carefully, air bubbles can be seen going back into his nose. Ah! <laughs> I didn't notice that, but that's funny. When Christine visits her father's grave... The sword fight between the Phantom and Raul is a, is an action se- sequence created specifically for the film. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. During the final lair scene, after the Phantom says, you, uh, you try my patience, make your choice. Christine mouths the words, I love you to Raul. Fuck. <laughs> uh, the line, that fate which condemns me to wallow in 
Wallowing Blood has also denied the joys of the flesh, which the Phantom sings during the final lair sequence, has given the rise to a common misconception that the Phantom, the, that the Phantom's deformity has rendered him has rendered him impotent. In reality, however, this is just a reference to the way the Phantom's hideous facial disfigurement has sabotaged his romantic pursuits. Ooh, true. Ugly bastard. No. <laughs> Uh, when the Phantom takes Christine to his underground lair, they're, they're in a boat decorated with skulls and lanterns. The Phantom staff the Phantom staff to help the boat move, even though the boat was moving by electronics, gets stuck in a gap in the flooring. They get, get stuck, got stuck in a gap on the flooring, and they all laughed and had to reshoot the entire scene from when Christine got off the black horse. Fuck. <laughs> and in the show, it's like a, it looks, I don't know what it's on. It's like a cart, too. But he just put it looks like on a skateboard, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Which it was. Uh, I was mentioning to Taylor though that that scene reminded me of Adam's family. Oh yeah. I was like, ooh. It's probably where they got it from. Emily Rossum much uh, is much younger than her male counterparts, both of whom she kisses in the movie. At the time of shooting, Emily Emmy was seventeen. Patrick Patrick Wilson was thirty, and Gerard Butler was thirty four. Damn. Right. But she's that age now. She's thirty five. Right now, I is think. she? Yeah. When I was watching, I was like, "How the fuck old is she?" That's, yeah. Well, because that's what I said. Because I was like, "This bitch doesn't age." Yeah. <laughs> she literally looks like exactly the same. It's crazy, right? Except more hood rat and shameless. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the film, Christine's gravestone gives her date of birth as 1854. The main story takes place in 1870, which means Christine is 16 during the events of Phantom of the at the Opera House. Amy Rosen, the actress who played her, was 16 when filming started. Fuck. That's crazy. During the chandelier scene, because the chandelier scene is at the end of the film, as opposed to the ending of the first act as it does in the play, one of the lines in the song Masquerade had to be altered so that instead of referring to a new chandelier, they talk of friends that are here. (laughs) Actually, that scene was tight. I did like that. The mask drops that shit. Oh, that the masquerade too, where he comes in in red. Yeah. Ooh, so good. Yeah. Um. Again, in the stage play, when he drops it, he's like, he shows up above the stage too. Ooh. And then he says something, and the chandelier drops. Because I remember looking up fast and like nudging Sky. Yeah. That's <laughs> and then so. Like, oh sick. fuck! And then it comes like swinging, swinging down. Ooh, that's fucking cool. Hella cheese, but it's tight. I'm sure it was cheesy, like at the play, because obviously you can't have big ass chandelier. Right yeah, now, but. Ooh, that's sick. In the original stage production, the chandelier is dropped at the end of the first act, just after the reprise of All I Ask of You. It was decided to have it at the end of the film. Oh, okay. Yeah. The main story takes place in 1870, and the auction takes place in 1919. In the final scene, the year of Christine's death is marked as 1917 on her tombstone. In the stage play, the, the story takes place in 1881, and the auction in 1910, and Christine is said to have died in 1907. The math changes if you account for the sequel, Love Never Dies. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. That's pretty, yeah, interesting. (laughs) The ring in which Christine returned to the Phantom is the same as the engagement ring Raul gave to her. He attained it by yanking it from around her neck. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And lastly, in the novel, instead of threatening to strangle Raul, if she doesn't marry him, Eric has Christine turn the grasshopper... Uh, turn the grasshopper or the scorpion. The grasshopper is, if her answer is no, he will blow up the opera house. If her answer is yes, 
It will, uh, it will drown the gunpowder, and she will become his wife. In the novel, she turns a scorpion and marries him. Ooh, I, I do. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, vaguely. I honestly don't remember the book very much because <laughs> it was high school, and I didn't really care about doing the reading other than like get it done. So I felt that. <laughs> That's what most of them were. Is that it? That's it. Oh that's my gosh. Well, guys, it's not over till the fat lady sings. And I'm about to sing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he sung at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you're a beautiful lady. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, make sure you're following us on Instagram over at the underscore ripe underscore potatoes. And make sure you're following us on our personals over at xchief underscore beef x and comic x steve. Later. Later. This has been a Ripe Potatoes production.